Ooh, welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now, Daniel Brooks, and he played Andrew Blocker, if I pronounced that correctly, in Bloody Summer Camp, and he had, he's been doing so many things with indie films, behind the camera, on the camera, you know, in front of it and everything, so uh, nice to have you on the show, Daniel. Ah, it's great to be on the show. It's awesome. Awesome. I'm so glad. I know we uh, met for the first time. I believe Matt Burns introduced us at Creature Feature. In, um, Absolutely. In, I believe it was down by Carlisle area, and we were there with Gravestone Films, and it was nice to meet you, and Tommy Tui, obviously, and Matt Burns, and everybody. You all are a great bunch of people and really do a lot for the indie, in the indie community. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the first question I got for you is, how did you get your start into acting and filmmaking? I don't know if I'm much of an actor. <laughs> uh, so I am a longtime state representative for the charity Scares That Care. Mm -hmm. And a few years back, we started actually having a charity event down in Williamsburg, Virginia. Now, if you're not familiar with Scares That Cares, we're a 501c3 nonprofit charitable organization. We raise money for children with childhood diseases, women with breast cancer, and burn survivors. Um, and what we do is we raise up to an allotted amount of $10,000 per division. We actually have four divisions, two of which that are primary, primarily just for children. And then we donate that money to recipient to families in need. Right. Now, I've you know, been a longtime fan of horror, fam, uh, horror films, particularly indie, you know, low-budget horror. It's funny because even as a child, I watched a lot of indie films, but I had no clue they were indie films. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a huge, large, gigantic, budgeted film and something that maybe a hundred dollars was spent right. on production. So um, I enjoyed them just the same. It seemed to be growing up as a little kid. I liked the indie stuff even better. So, um, but as a state rep, we had our charity event down in Williamsburg, Virginia. And uh, in the earlier years, we would have a lot of indie filmmakers there. So one in particular was uh, Brad Twig and his gang from Fuzzy Monkey Films would come down there and sell their movies. And I would always go through all the indie filmmakers and buy up whatever movies everyone had and bring them home and I'd realized that Fuzzy Monkey Films was not far from me. They're only a little over an hour away. So I reached out to Brad and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, anytime you need some assistance for anything, you know, you need someone to get you a water, you know, I'm your guy. Give me a call and I'll come out. So uh, one day sends me a message. He's like, hey, could use your hand on set. Probably just going to be doing something simple like holding a boom. And I said, sure, absolutely. Give me a date and I'll show up. That was the first day of filming for the movie Wrestle Massacre. Nice. I showed up, asked, all right, what can I do? And he says, you know, as soon as we kind of get started, we're getting makeup on. Um, our makeup art artist, Bethany, she was doing up a gentleman, uh, getting him ready for a weed whacker scene where he gets his face ripped off. And I happened to be sitting there just chilling, waiting for everything to go. Right. And Brad was rooting through my Facebook and happened to notice that I had some effects stuff in there that I just do for fun, you know, mm -hmm. just sitting around, chilling, right. checking out, hey, let me, <laughs> what can I do with this? Or what can I do with that? And he had seen exactly. some pictures of this. I didn't realize you know how to do that kind of stuff. Well, get in there. 
you know, start helping. So that was day one. I went from the guy that was supposed to be holding the boom to I'm already doing uh, special effects and makeup. So from there, everything just kind of grew, it it grew and grew. And uh, uh, shortly after I had gotten a camera so that we could have two cameras running at the same time, um, I did most of the lighting. I was always eager to about technology and in the filmmaking or any filmmaking for that matter. So I started to purchase different types of lights. Once I got kind of the lighting thing down, then I started, you know, really, really focusing on camera work and how it works, every little aspect of the camera. Um, that was great. Uh, I got into sound. So I really started looking into sound, how sound works. Nice. I mean, I, I did a little bit of everything and anything. Um, and from there, you you meet people. Yep. Um, so those people were really like, hey, come do some stuff with us. I've been given the opportunity to work with uh, Gary Lee Vincent, which I, I love uh, working with him. He's uh, He has this company called Burning Bulb uh, Productions. They make primarily more movies now, but uh, for the longest time, they had done books, publishing, putting out books. Okay. Uh, of course, Dave Kerr, I absolutely love and adore working for Dave Kerr and um, Slasher 15 Productions. Everyone on their crew is amazing. Everyone on Fuzzy Monkey, like I could spend hours talking about how amazing all the Fuzzy Monkey people are. Nice. Um, I'd actually done two faith, faith-based Christian type films I'd worked on uh, through JC Films, but I mean, everything just keeps kind of growing, even to the point where I... I like to pay attention. I'm, I'm a whore for special features. <laughs> I don't know if you're the same, but like, I'm that guy that watches those special features that everyone yeah. thinks no one's going to watch. Like I'm the guy that's actually yeah. watching that. So I noticed like gimbal shots and I wanted to look more into gimbal. And I happened to notice that more people are getting out of things like jibs and um, cranes, not so much gimbals, but jibs and cranes and moving more into drones. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, let's see what this drone stuff's all about. So I got myself a drone. I had gotten a uh, Part 107 pilot's license for operating a drone um, because I could get one. I could fly one. I could film with it. But if anyone's making any money off of that footage, well, then I would be under federal violation. So it's like, <laughs> I think I better get my license for this. Yeah. So, so I do drone stuff as well. I had done drone footage for bloody summer camp uh and also dave's newer movie that they're currently in production for which is uh go away yeah horror yep. film and yeah dave like, I, is, like i said dave i kind of do everything nice yeah dave kerr is a nice guy i had him on the show i interviewed so many people from bloody summer camp probably the entire cast is looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> he, awesome he's great, yeah he's a great guy um met, met a lot of good connections just through him alone and through bloody summer camp cody falk matthew sharp you know amazing people um and uh I mean, I see you have Shriek Show back there, and uh, there's another Fuzzy Monkey film, and uh, that's uh, the poster back there, and uh, that's a uh, I, I can't wait for that to come out. I'm really eager to see that. Yeah, me too. It's it's a long time coming. You know, yeah. I had my hands in every little bit of uh, part of the production of that movie, and super yeah. excited about Shriek Show. Very, very excited. Awesome, awesome. So, how did you happen to land the part of Andrew Blocker in the film Bloody Summer Camp? Well, from my understanding, another gentleman was supposed to play uh, Andrew Blocker. And this was right around the time COVID kind of hit. Mm-hmm. So COVID went from being this like 
yeah, it's probably something that's going to blow over like a flu to next thing you know, like the whole country shut down. So it just happened to be like that week where it was like straddling the, we're not sure what's going to happen to, all right, we better shut everything down. And uh, the role had opened up. They needed someone to film in for it. So I like, hey, I'll come down. Not too far. I'm like three hours out. So um, came, worked on set, worked with uh, Kristen Jensen playing opposite him. Uh, he's a writer, so you can always check out his his books as well too. And then, uh, of course, Spartacus. Spartacus is, is fabulous. He's amazing to work with. So uh, playing opposite both those guys was just it was awesome. I loved it. Awesome. That is awesome. So, can you tell us a bit about the character of Andrew? Like, what is he about? Who is he? I I mean, he's he's Chris Jensen's little bitch, I guess. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, just regular average dishwasher, um, hates his job. Um, don't get really too big into his character. Not a lot of backstory, something like that. It's a very, very small role. Just the guy that works in the kitchen. Uh, me and Spartacus's character, you know, we, we just nice. kind of do our thing, clean up, make food for all the little, all the little counselors and all the little brats. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, nice. just just hate life in general, and of course, Christian Jensen's character is is not a very nice person. He's that atypical uh, old timer nice. uh, kitchen guy that just yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, what is your favorite part about making a film? And also, out of all the things you mentioned, lighting, camera work, drones, and all that, which one do you prefer to do the most? And which one do you prefer Actually, to do the least? Um, I don't know if there is a least, um, just because I actually, I enjoy every last bit of it, uh, Mm -hmm. every day on every set that I've ever worked on, I have enjoyed every last minute of it. There is not a single time where I'm thinking I dread this. Um, I look forward to it. I think, I think the only thing I don't like about filming is traveling when it's the weather's crappy. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I don't mind the travel because most of the traveling I do is west of Catoctin and it's just a beautiful mountain to drive over. So, and I don't mind the commute. Um, But yeah, I I actually really enjoy being behind the camera. Um, Everything from, you know, setting your speeds and aperture and the lighting, your ISO, getting that shot, um, choosing what the viewer is going to see. Stop and thinking to yourself, if I'm the person sitting down to Friday night, I'm about to enjoy this movie, or at least try to enjoy it. Got some popcorn in, I'm sitting down. What scene is going to make the difference? You know, right. you can't just, I mean, you obviously could. There's plenty of, of movies out there that are done that way, but um, just setting up a camera and plus pressing record, there's so much more to that. Um, right. And learning, you know, how your unit works, how your camera works, because uh, things like aperture do make a huge difference. Yeah. Whether or not you want, you know, the, the person that you're on in focus or the background, um, what, it, what it is as the viewer to enjoy the movie much better. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I think the only thing I haven't gotten into is sound score and editing. Okay. Uh, I would love to eventually one day get into that. But yeah. I know that's super, super time consuming. And every director I've ever talked to is like, man, this editing is just growing. So yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of free time between filming and my regular nine to five, which most of us indie people have. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. I mean, being behind the camera, I very, very much enjoy it. Absolutely. So, 
you mentioned how, how you like grew up and you love watching all these indie films that most people won't watch. So which one do you think is your favorite low budget type of so bad that it's good type of movie? <laughs> That's the hard question. Uh, <laughs> so um, a lot, I mean, a lot of the ones you grew up with would be things like uh, full moon features type movies. And even now, I don't even know. I mean, that's considered low budget, a lot of the full yeah. moon stuff. But um, over the years, so I came across, this is probably about 10, 11, maybe even 12 years ago, uh, Chris Seaver. So if you're familiar with Chris Seaver's movies, they're over the top, super campy. I love his films. Um, I crack up. I always imagine um, back in the late 90s as a teenager, mid 90s when I was a teenager, we didn't have a camera. No one in the neighborhood had the camera, but we were always goofing around. A lot of our, our humor was very much like Chris Seaver's movies. So when I watch these movies, I'm thinking like, man, if I would have had a camera, if me and my friends had a camera and um, not to take away from his films and say that, you know, it's, it's like little kids making movies because it's far from that. There's a lot more to his movies, but yeah. they're fun. They really are a lot of fun. And when I watch them, I'm thinking like, these are the movies that I would have been making. You right. know, these were the movies that like, if we were filming the, the humor definitely the the lines the way everything's right. delivered um just yeah. the goofiness over the top type stuff but right. i very much enjoy chris Seaver's movies um over the last couple of years i've had uh, the honor to uh join brad on a few trips out to ohio to do some special features for jr Brookwater and suburban tempe's movies nice. uh he's uh jr's been re-releasing onto blu-ray a lot of his I mean, these are classic indie horror right. films. Uh, I don't want to say just horror because some of them are more sci-fi as well, too. But right. um, we get to go out there. We do location scouting. So not just making movies. We've done special features. And that is a blast to do. Getting to see the locations of films that you're watching and you're like, oh, man, that's the house or that's the gas station. And getting yeah. to invo uh, doing interviews just like this, but, you know, right. um, with the actual celebrity. Nice. um face to face doing interviews for these special features as well too. Right. And that's so have you seen movies like uh killer sofa zombie uh zombie tidal wave or anything like that i have so i haven't seen um zombies tidal wave but my backlog <laughs> of indie films because I, ju I just buy i buy and i buy yeah. and uh, eventually when i have the time to get around to watching them Mm -hmm. So I think with the influx of things like Tubi and a lot of those online streaming, it's yeah. free streaming. I think that makes it even more difficult because we yeah. went from like everything was physical media and I'm a big fan of physical media. I love to have the disc. I love to have the VHSs. So that's a lot of fun to still stick the physical media in the player and press yeah. play and you know, cycle through. And yeah. now, I mean, of course I have that stuff as well too, where I can just press right. buttons on a remote and the fire stick pulls up whatever. But right. so yeah. um, just a huge influx of those types of movies on Tubi. It's, I have such a backlog on DVDs and stuff like that, just to get to the streaming stuff. Yeah. I want to make sure I'm supporting my friends, the people I've met, okay. um, the people I've come across over the years. I want to make sure I'm watching their films as well. Yeah um viewing them i i'm very easily entertained i always love to kind of glean what's best in people's films yeah. um i don't always see bad things as bad things 
Yeah, um, I mean, they could I be room for that because I me remember you bought Samhain off of us and you gave me constructive criticism on because it is a bad movie. I mean, I will admit it's a horrible movie. Bad no, director. it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you uh, you um, you gave me very, very good advice on on how to make things different or how to do things because it was our first movie. And that was like you gave us that constructive criticism, which is amazing. Like it really was because we took that and used that for our other movie, 72, that we worked on, that we're working gotcha. on. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. ever make it sound like when I tell someone something, because I, right. I would never um, go to someone and right. tell them like, hey, you need to change this, you need to change that. Right. Uh, when asked for uh, constructive yeah. criticism, I'll offer up what I can, but it really comes down to, uh, I mean, everyone has a story to tell. And then yep. they got the camera rolling. They want to tell their story. Yeah. And that story is not always for the viewer unless that viewer yeah. is themselves. So yeah. when I make movies, now I haven't directed anything, but when I'm working with someone, I want to try to best show their vision. So yeah. whatever Dave's vision is, whatever Gary's, whatever Brad's, whatever their vision is, mm -hmm. I want to try to help support as best I can. Absolutely. But if I was to direct a movie, I want to direct that movie for me. So if I sat right. down, I know I would enjoy it. Yeah. Um, if I can add elements in there that I know I would enjoy and other people would enjoy, then right. definitely I, I would go that route. Right. Um, but I, I've never been concerned about making a penny back on anything right. um i don't take payments for helping so uh absolutely i do not want to do that you know i want to i want to support people i want to get these movies out there i want people to sit down and enjoy and love because there's so much to offer with independent um really and is. i like every budget i'll watch the big huge budget and enjoy them just the same too but indie right. has a level of where directors like yourself where you can make a film and you don't have to worry about some production company saying yeah yeah this is great but we're going to take 90 percent of it and throw it out we need you to redo yeah. it and but this is how you're going to do it right. and it's not yours anymore so every time i watch something that's an indie film i look at it and say like this is them you know this is this is their heart their sweat their blood yeah. their tears this is the effort that they put into it right. and no one's you know higher up is giving influence to say we need to make our money back. We're not yeah. worried about making our money back. I mean, that's nice. If you right. can make some money back and make money for the next production. Yeah. Because a, a lot of the money made from independent film, it just goes right into the next Into the movie. next film, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, like you could tell even the difference in bigger budgets, like Halloween Kills. Look at that one, the most recent in the franchise, and look at the 1978 Halloween, like night and day. Like yeah. Halloween 1978 is a classic, and it's one of my, it is my favorite movie. It's a great movie. movie. This is my it dad's is. favorite movie. Yeah. Right, nice. Yeah. And you can tell the difference between that budget and the Halloween Kills budget. <laughs> it's yeah. like between night and day. Now, you know Noelle Berger, right? Uh, now, I've met her. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I see she's on so many different projects, which is super exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm the kind of guy that gets giddy and happy and all smiley when I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see uh -huh. people popping up in projects uh like yeah. noelle is definitely one of them we're like oh man she's on another project oh she yeah. picked up another project like this is amazing so yep she she told me and she posted this publicly so i can mention it that uh there's an indie film she's going to be working on in the future oh my god it is the name alone has me wanting to see this movie like there's no plot right now or anything that i'm aware of <laughs> but the name alone has me dying to see this movie Wait, get, you gotta get ready for this it's called hormones 
W H O R E moans. Yes. That <laughs> <laughs> has me wanting to see it just by the title alone. Yes. There's something <laughs> magical about indie films as well, too, because I remember those VHS days where you would go to the video store. Yep. And there's something about the, the VHS art. VHS yep. art, I think, is, is sublime. It's amazing to look at. Um, with even stuff like that, like hormones, yep. that that kind of thing makes me want to see movies as well, too, where I get the play yep. on words, and I'm like, yep. all right, I got to yep. see what this is about. Even silly movies like Zombievers, I totally enjoyed yep. it. I thought the, yep. the name was creative, so I was like, I got to check this movie out. I actually really yep. enjoyed it. You know that as well Absolutely. too. Even like your Sharknado type movies, um, mm -hmm. there's a million of them out there. Right. I'm the guy that you know likes stuff like Philosopher. Uh, Pastor. So, yeah. so I love those creative names. So like hormones yeah. is great. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely, I love it too. And that's the thing: cover art and names are the what really draw people into wanting to see this type of movie. I know, like for an example, like when like we're we're in post production now of seventy two, and a lot of people donated to our campaign and they clicked on it to see what it's about because of our art for it. Because we have like this bloody like looking eye, like a like bloodshot eye, and yes, like got this back. This, I don't know if you saw it, I can send it to you after we're done here and everything, but every, every time I ask somebody, how did you find our campaign? And they're like, through, because that picture drew us in. Like, it was yes. like, awesome. And the funny thing is, is that eye, it comes into play in the movie, so it's not like we just pick something catchy and put it on a cover. Like, it comes in handy, because we use the, the eye as a symbolism for the movie. So it, it's really, like, it really comes in handy, and I, I love that. Like, even when I was a kid, going to the like video rental store the cover art is what drew me in that decided what halloween or what friday the 13th i wanted to see next oh yeah absolutely yeah. it's I something to miss today if you go out to walmart target best buy stuff like that and you yeah. see like tons of Lionsgate stuff uh, yeah. often they'll pick up some lower budgeted movies and then they'll toss some artwork on there that really has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the movie but it's very it's very very catchy yeah yeah, I agree. Like, even if you look at A Nightmare on Elm Street, I believe it's three Dream Warriors. Like, it has all the people, the Dream Warrior kids or whatever, that are at the hospital on there. But if you look at them closely, that is not what they look like in the movie at all. <laughs> they, they make them look more empowering than they really are. Yeah. I mean, it's silly like, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is that? Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, yep. you have the main character and then... Um, Luke, uh, oh, what's his name from 90210? Luke Perry, yeah, right. So the production company decided they're like, oh, we're just going to make a new poster and we need to add him in it because that's what sells. Right. So, but if you really look at the earlier posters prior to them putting Luke Perry in there, the posters were amazing. So, yeah. but on the indie side, is we can have those choices, we can say, like, hey, yeah. I like this artwork's great, we can, um. Uh, yeah i mean we're fans of that so we geek out and when we make it we look at it as if like we were a fan and if we went to the video store you know our artwork like that's the movie that's the one i want to see mom can i get yeah. this you know yeah. it's rated r are you sure you can handle it i got it mom we're good <laughs> absolutely and like even i didn't even notice this for the longest time but even the halloween poster like it's literally it's a pumpkin yeah but it has michael myers with the knife going down the yeah. side and part of the pumpkin that's just clever play on a, on a jack liner like it, i thought it was amazing i didn't realize that until i got older but like seeing that i'm like that's actually pretty damn cool pretty yeah damn cool. i really enjoyed that 
Um, so the last question I got for you, do you have any projects um, that you would like to promote to the listening and viewing audience? I mean, of course, uh, there's always tons of stuff that are coming out or eventually coming out that are something that I've worked on. Um, the biggest one I would, I would love to say is Shriek Show. Um, yeah. Pay attention to that, Shriek Show. It, it's a big deal. We've been working on it for a couple of years now. I'm sure it probably would have been done a few years ago. Um, when we originally started working on Shriek Show, we had just made a little bit of a promo, a, you know, clown-based film. The promo looked amazing. Uh, gauging interest in, in it at first, we had gotten just a little bit of interest, but not something really over the top. Uh, but going back to Matt Burns, Matt Burns had found this location in Dickerson, Maryland called Markoff's Haunted Forest. And inside of their attraction, they actually have some carnival-themed items. So I'm not going to give away too much because that is things that we use in the film as well. Right. Um, so uh, I think with Matt being able to find that, and of course, uh, Chris, which you had an interview with recently. Yep. Uh, Chris is phenomenal. I love working with Chris. Yeah, we, we talk so, um, every day now. <laughs> yes, yeah. He, oh, he's amazing to work with. Yeah. Um, he makes... When we're shooting, when we're filming, he makes the, the atmosphere um, so much nicer. And again, I've never had any issues or problems on set, but yeah. um, just joking around and goofing around yeah. and stuff. It's always great to have Chris on set. But, um, but with finding that location, we were able to actually get started shooting again, getting a few people involved with it. Um, then, of course, Brad was able to get uh, Felissa, Tuesday, and Beverly involved, which is, is awesome. Um, what really differs with Shriek Show as opposed to a lot of the other films that we made is most of them with low-budget indie, you kind of have a central cast. You only have a couple people, and that makes the entire film. Uh, Shriek Show, it's just a very large cast yeah. um, because it's, it's uh, a series of three different stories and then, of course, the wraparound. So, and each one has different people. So that was very different for me working with so many different people. But... Yeah, Shriek Show, I mean, it's looking amazing. It's still in post-production right now because, you know, with indie filmmaking, yep. uh, finances is always a thing. But, yep. yeah, keep an eye out for that. Yep. Hopefully we can have that coming out early next uh, year. So I, th I think one of the things that helped with COVID with that is because it was able to actually make us slow down. Yeah. Um, sometimes you push films, especially with us having our regular nine-to-fives. It's yep. hard to get everyone together. At yeah. one time with this one, we were actually able to slow it down. And I believe that we got so much of a better product out of it um, that everyone's going to enjoy it. it. It's an amazing film. It really is. That's awesome. Uh, with Slasher 15, of course, there's there's Go Away movie. So uh, I was excited to do some more drone work for that as well, too. Um, plus, the cast is amazing on that. So I'm super excited to see what Dave had in store with making the rest of that film. Um, what else do I got? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, a lot of, again, the Suburban Tempe stuff. So those are great independent films. So anyone that's a huge film uh, yeah. fan of independent horror, especially from like the 90s era. So even shot on video type stuff. Uh, yeah. We did the special features for. So if you love special features, that's some good stuff to check out um, as Suburban Tempe continues to release their, their back titled uh, stuff on Blu-ray. So... That's awesome, and I, I like I said, I can't wait for Shriek Show. I'm also looking forward to Go Away. I, I always thought that premise was really good. Now, I, I'm not going to get it right off the top of my head because I don't have it in front of me, but they have, like, the five intruders, four 
whatever, three whatever, two, you know, exits or whatever, and, you know, one survivor, to, you know what I mean? Like, when they right. do that, like, because it's that home invasion, I loved when they did that because it stood out compared to the other Indian yes. films coming out. It really did. And, I, I mean, definitely check out Go Away. Check out Slash for 15 Productions. Check out Shriek Show. Bloody Summer Camp, I believe, is coming out soon if it isn't already out. Um, so definitely check those out. I thank you so much, Daniel, for joining me. I mean, it's been great talking to you. Um, great to catch up and everything. Um, I even learned a little bit more about you than I knew before, you know, so I, that's really always a, uh, always a bonus. <laughs> uh, cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't know you did drone work and that's actually really cool because, um, I always thought that was, uh, I was fascinated by it, but I always thought that was something that looked really hard and intimidating to do. So it's really cool that you know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot of fun learning it. Uh, I'm one of those people where I see something and I'm like, all right, let's just get in there and do it. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll learn along the way. And that was just one of those things. And, Absolutely. um, with, with COVID happening, I was finding out that like YouTubers that use a lot of drone footage, they, if your channel's monetized and you use drone footage and you don't have a license, then you can get hit with fines. And since no one was, no one was out and about the FAA was online streaming youtube finding videos sending those people messages saying like hey you need to get your license so it's pretty That's wild crazy. i'm not looking to get some like ten thousand dollar fine Oof. you know for a three second clip so. That's dang that's crazy <laughs> it, it is it is but it's a lot of fun flying a drone's great plus the footage it, I, i'm amazed at how much of a difference it really makes it really yeah, does it really does i've seen for plenty of like beautiful drone footage and it's like night is like again like night and day between that and a regular you know camera footage like it just it's beautiful seeing the skyline you know just seeing the the high air shots and everything you can get so much really really cool footage from that absolutely yep absolutely. good stuff yep well i thank you again all right, all right. thank you everybody good rest of your night all, all right. right take care bye